welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. And we welcome back our good friend Dustin Schutte from the Big Ten website, SaturdayTradition.com, where you can get everything having to do with the Big Ten sports. Dustin, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jim. Uh, it's been a while, but hopefully you had a, a great, happy holiday, and uh, it's good to talk to you again. It's good to be back on the show. Well, just for full disclosure here, let everyone know, Dustin, despite writing about the Big Ten, he lives down south in Southeast Conference territory. You know, what's the temperature there today, Dustin? Uh, you know what? Actually, it's mid to high 40s. So, you know, it's not that sunny palm tree weather I came back from in Florida where I was playing golf, you know, once or twice a week. But uh, it's, it's brisk, but it's not nearly as cold and icy and snowy and gray as what you've got up there, Jim. I know that much. Exactly. You're mid-40s. We call that a heat wave up here, <laughs> Dustin. So anyway, let's move on before I get too upset with you and your weather. I really wanted to bring you in to get your perspective from the whole Big Ten picture. Uh, a week or two ago, it came out, I think it was the Iowa athletic director, who came out and said that the Big Ten was contemplating doing away with their divisions. First of all, what brought that on? Yeah, I mean, I think this all comes back to the, the conversations about college football playoff expansion and, and where you want to go with that. Is it going to be eight teams, 12 teams, 16 teams? What's that going to look like? And it's been interesting because if you remember, and, and people up in, uh, in Pennsylvania will remember this, before the season started or even at a midway point through the season, James Franklin said, you know, the divisions and, and how the Big Ten operates should be viewed on a, on a yearly basis uh, because of the imbalance with the Big Ten East always winning the Big Ten championship game since the divisions went away from the leaders and legends in 2014 with Maryland and Rutgers both coming over. So in my opinion, this has to do a lot with the college football playoff. Um, I think that what a lot of people believe is if the two best teams, regardless of division, play in the, in the conference championship game, almost regardless of result, those two teams are going to lock up a spot to compete in the college football playoff. So that's where I think this kind of stems. I don't know what, what is going on in terms of, you know, how the SEC is trying to manage this, how this, quote-unquote, the alliance with the ACC, Big Ten, and, and Pac-12, what kind of attitude they might have towards this. But I think this is all part of, you know, when you look at what we talked about in the offseason with this forming of the alliance, the scheduling model, potentially going down to eight games and then adding games against the ACC uh, and the Pac-12 I think there's just a lot of factors involved here, but first and foremost, I think it comes down to the college football playoff expansion and the Big Ten trying to do its best to get as many teams into that 8, 12, 16-team format as it could. And it does make sense. If you have the situation the way you do now where a superior team coming out of the East plays a lesser team from the West and they pull off the upset, although that has yet to happen, you could have a four- or five-loss team being your Big Ten champion, and if it's an automatic bid, you've got that four or five loss team going, uh, which 
and even if it's not an automatic bid, you're still hurting the whole conference's chances. The other part to this, and you alluded to it, is maybe going back from a nine-game schedule to eight. And that's one of the other things James Franklin has talked about. It's unfair. The Southeast Conference plays eight games, Big Ten nine, and you know the um, Pac-12, they're at nine games right now. But it sounds like their commissioner's ready. Hey, let's turn it down to eight, have the Big Ten go to eight. There you go. We free up a game for a Pac-12, Big Ten kind of challenge, which I know you and I have talked about it. That would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? It would be great, and I think you get to use some of those, you know, those, those big-time stadiums. I mean, imagine playing a game between Penn State and UCLA or Ohio State and USC out in the Coliseum or up at Beaver Stadium or in the Horseshoe or in the, in the Rose Bowl. Some of those games would be so much fun, but, you know, it's, it's always bugged me, and I don't know. Nine games is just such an awkward number. I don't like that some years a team will have more home games than away games in the conference schedule. I don't think that's I just don't like that format. I think it's always should have been eight or ten. I think you go back down to eight. When you look at the SEC's dominance, and certainly they've got some really skilled teams. I mean, Alabama has, has been the, the you know their decade of dominance or two decades of dominance we're going on right now. But at the same time, it's a little bit easier when you get to have an FCS opponent on your schedule and you get to th- play two or three patsies. You know, the Big Ten. I think all but one team this past season played at least ten FBS opponents. And the one team that didn't was Indiana. And they got stuck playing Cincinnati, which wound up in the college football playoff. So when you look at holistically, the Big Ten plays a tougher schedule because it has that ninth conference game. And we can both agree that in a 12-game season, in what turns into a 13, 14, 15-game season, over that course, playing Power 5 opponents, playing those high-level recruits on a week-in, week-out basis, even if it's just one or two more games, it takes its toll. And I think Big Ten players are suffering from that more than so, more say so than maybe the ACC or the SEC, where only play, they only play those eight conference games. And I think the other part, beyond just getting beat up, is you have a situation where somewhere late in the season, the Southeast Conference, they get to play those patsies. That week, essentially, the conference goes 14-0. and while the Big Ten is playing each other, by definition, they're going 7-7. Seven and seven. So that's seven more losses that the Big Ten absorbs that the Southeast Conference doesn't. So when you start to set the pecking order. But the other part to this, playing in a, a team from a different conference, and you alluded to it a little bit, Dustin, is how about playing someone different, which is interesting. Now, This year, I don't know if you recall, Penn State played Auburn in September. A Southeast Conference team that was not one, they're not one of the elite of the Southeast Conference. They're a good team. Penn State fans went crazy for that game. You start doing that, there's, I just wrote down off the top of my head, like six, seven teams in the Pac-12. I would love to see Penn State play. USC, UCLA, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, Utah. Now you throw in on the Big Ten side, Michigan and Ohio State and Wisconsin. There's a lot of great games we could potentially see by doing that. Oh, absolutely. And and especially if you include the ACC. And I know that that conference has been down in recent years, but think about some of the some of the prestige, some of the blue blood programs there. Clemson is obviously at the top of the conference, but you've also got Florida State 
in Miami in that conference. You've got, you know, if you want to talk about closer rivalry games, you've also got Virginia Tech and Virginia in there. So I know it's not quite as loaded, but think about we had Michigan and Washington this year. We had even Purdue and Oregon State. We had Ohio State and Oregon. We had some really fun matchups. Think about that Rose Bowl game between Ohio State and Utah. You're telling me we can get that kind of action in week two or week three? Sign me up for it. I just think that the entertainment value and the the holistic you know viewpoint we kind of get on college football, it's so hard to judge how good a team is based on its conference play because we don't know how good the conference can be until really late into the season. But if you play some of these strong the, these really good teams and, and create these really good matchups, that's when I think you'll also start to see more parity because then you also see some of these big time um, programs like like Utah, Washington, Oregon. They're also going up against. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and getting on that national level. So it's a win-win all the way around, in my opinion. And I know you and I talked about this about a year ago, and I, as you and I talked about this off the air, why they didn't just come and ask us our opinion? We could have <laughs> set this up for them a while ago. They choose a weekend in the out-of-conference schedule, whether it's the very first week of the season, like Labor Day weekend, with a Big Ten, Pac-12 challenge, they would own the weekend with these matchups. They could start games on Thursday and play them all the way through Monday and dominate on television, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think about that that weekend anyway and, and look at, you know, just the, the cheap Chick-fil-A peach kickoff classic or whatever it's called that they usually have on Saturday, Sunday. But And you can use different venues. As we mentioned, you know, you've got the Coliseum, you've got the Rose Bowl, you've got Beaver Stadium and Michigan Stadium, some of the most prestigious venues in college football. And then think about some of these other places you could play. You could play at Lucas Oil Stadium. You could play at you could play in Las Vegas and use that new Raiders Stadium. You could play at different places and create a neutral site game. You could even go down to Texas, um, and, and you, so you can incorporate the classic stadiums that we love to see. Typically on New Year's Day, we we see the whiteout environment. We see you know when they go all maze at, at Michigan. It's really cool. So you get to see some of these historic venues, and then you can incorporate some of these neutral site games. And like you said, you can play, I, don't, I can't do the math in my head, but you could probably play two or three of those games every day from Thursday through Monday and completely dominate the weekend. Absolutely, I agree with that. And what kind of TV contract could you get for that also? Because ultimately it is about the money. Can you make it worthwhile for both conferences? And that's certainly a way to do it. The one uh, fly in the ointment in the conversation, uh, Dustin, with this is they talk about scheduling, you know, where you lock in three teams, your rivals, and then rotate the other teams. And when discussing that, you start to see, well, first of all, automatic. Michigan has to play Ohio State. Goes without saying. Well, don't you also have to say Michigan has to play Michigan State, right? Well, I'm sure there are people who will say, shouldn't you have Michigan play Penn State also every year because it's such a big game? And you could say that about Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State, and don't you end up right where you started or just how they're in the same division now and beat each other up? If you start to make those their rivalry games, aren't you at risk of doing the exact same thing? 
I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with that, Jim, because it, let's even look out west. I mean, you, you look at Iowa, they typically have a rivalry with Minnesota. They have a rivalry with Nebraska. They have a rivalry with Wisconsin. So then in that perspective, too, out west, you have kind of the same situation going on. What's interesting to me when you talk about eliminating the divisions is really this benefits Ohio State because they would have played, they would have finished first or second in the conference seven times in the eight years. So they'd basically be playing in the conference championship game every single year. And I know that's pretty much the case as it is, but this would almost solidify that Ohio State's going to be in Indianapolis every single year. The other thing that I found interesting, and I understand that the East has dominated this game, and it, typically it's it's very top-heavy with the top four teams, but also the Big Ten West, a team from the Big Ten West would have actually been one of the top two teams in the Big Ten five times in the eight years. So it's not quite as high as, as you know, that, that seven number that I brought up with Ohio State, but it's still pretty high. So you're going to have to reconfigure. I would like to see them realign the divisions as opposed to eliminate it. Maybe you move Michigan and Michigan State over to the West and bring over like a Purdue and Northwestern to the East. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know that eliminating divisions is going to get – to the end point and the end goal, what the Big Ten wants. Well, if you do get rid of the divisions, you, as much as the temptation is so great to have Penn State play Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State every year, would it be the worst thing in the world if they played Michigan every other year or Ohio State every other year? And that way you balance out the schedules. Anyway, unfortunately, I took the last word on this one. We're running out of time. That's going to have to be it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Dustin, thank you for being on the show. And be sure you all join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.